Good morning. Our passage this morning is from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. This is the word of God. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for your word. We thank you that you have given it to us. We thank you that Jesus teaches us through this parable. Father, we ask that you will give us humility to uh, learn from it and that you will apply it to our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here at the beginning of this passage, right in verse 9, Luke gives us background about this parable. He tells us that Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. This is the background. These were the type of people in the audience that Jesus was speaking to. And I'm going to give a little background. Just I've already thrown out the word parable a couple times. Some of you might be like, what is a parable? Well, a parable is a story that is used to teach a lesson. It has a single main point, and Jesus frequently used parables in his teaching. Even right before this passage here in Luke 18, Jesus gives another parable regarding how to pray. But here, he is giving this, this parable. And second, I also want to point out righteous. Uh, a lot of times in our culture, when we think of righteous and righteousness, we tend to think of upstanding morality, virtue. I want you to hold that and also combine with it the idea of relationship. That being, but having righteousness also involves relationship with others. And so Jesus tells this parable. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray. And the temple was the center of religious life for the Jews at this time. And coming to the temple, you were coming before God. And twice a day... At dawn and around 3 p.m., there would be a sacrifice. There would be a sacrifice of a lamb to make atonement for the sin of the people. And so the people would go up for worship. And they would go up for the liturgy of the worship, the sacrifice, but they would also go up with the purpose of personal prayer. They would do both. And so Jesus is telling that this Pharisee and this tax collector both go up. Now, Jesus' first hearers, these people 
who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on others who held others in contempt, they would have had very different expectations about Pharisees and tax collectors. Pharisees were the people that took the law of God seriously. They strove hard to live a holy life. They were, they were so concerned about this that they actually added extra rules to make sure they didn't break the law of God. And then there was the tax collector. The tax collector would have been a person who was hated. He would have been known as a traitor to his countrymen and to the kingdom of God because he was working with the Romans, collecting taxes. He would have been known as a robber because the way that he earned his money was that he took in addition to the taxes that were due. And so tax collectors were famous for taking too much money. If you think of Zacchaeus in Luke 19, people hated him because he had cheated and defrauded and robbed them of their money while he was also collecting taxes as part of his job. And so these people, when they heard a Pharisee and a tax collector went up to the temple to the pray, they had very different pictures of how this was going to work out for these two people. And so the Pharisee, Jesus tells us what the Pharisee goes. He goes, he stands by himself. The Pharisee, because of his concern about not being defiled, he was practicing social distancing very well. He would stand away from other people because he didn't want to bump into them. Because if he bumped into them, he too would become defiled, at least in his thought. And so he didn't want that. So he'd be very careful to move around, find a nice spot probably near the front where he could be near, nearest to the temple but away from other people because he did not want to catch their defilement of their sin. And he addresses God. He calls out, God. And he thanks God. God, I thank you that he is not like other men, those who are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Um, I legitimately think that this Pharisee, he was legitimately being thankful to God. He was thankful that he wasn't an extortioner. He wasn't unjust. He wasn't an adulterer, at least in an outward sense. He was thanking God that he was different, at least in his outward behavior. And then to further his case with God. I think, I think he's being legitimate. He's legitimately thankful. But he's also, in his prayer, he's also making a case, right? He's saying, I'm, I don't do these sins. And he's also saying, I also do this. I also fast twice a week, and I give a tithe of everything I get. Um, something interesting about his fasting, he was doing super work. He was extra working because in the Old Testament, there's only one day of the year that requires fasting, the Day of Atonement. And he does extra work with his tithing. He goes above and beyond in, in his tithing. He gives a tenth of all, of all that he has, 
which is, which is then more than what was required in the law. So here we see this Pharisee. He has prayed, but the downside is that he also was looking down on those extortioners, those unjust, those adulterers, and even this tax collector. He's looking down on them. He's looking at them with contempt. And this is where I want us to think about the Pharisee situation for us. Because I think it is very easy for us to pray and to think like this Pharisee. We, it's easy for us to come before God with our confidence, not in God, not in what he has done, but in ourselves. And so sometimes we may not say this out loud. We may just think this. But the whole idea of, I'm a good person. Or, I do good things for others. I pray. I read my Bible. I show up for worship. Or sometimes even, I've suffered a lot in life. And it's almost like we try to take these things and present them to God and say, God, please be happy with me because I've done this, I haven't done this. The danger with this, the trouble with this, is we've put our confidence in ourselves. We're no longer trusting in God and him being merciful. We're trusting in ourselves. And look how he has looked down on these other, on these other people, the extortioners, the adulterers, the unjust, or even as this tax collector. And I'm not saying that the unjust, the tax collector, the adulterer, and the extortioner had not sinned. I'm saying that this Pharisee was looking down upon them. That's that's how Jesus is telling the story. But for us, we have a tendency to do this too. This is 2020. It has been an unusual and crazy year. It's been hard. Um, this is also an election year. And there are people who are looking at various political positions, judging, looking down at others with contempt because of their political positions. It might be people on the left looking down at people on the right. It could be people on the right looking down at people on the left. It could be people on the right, or the left and the right, looking down at people who maybe don't have political opinions. Why don't you? Sometimes it's easy for us to look down at people because of the publicness of people's sins. Some sins are easily hidden. Other sins are out for the public to see. And it's easy for us to think, oh, that sin, why? How that happened? Why? What, what, what did you do? And look down on these people. It is easy for us to look down on others because of differences, whether that be racial, ethnic, religious, economic. Our hearts so quickly turn to looking down on others as we try to, as we try to push others down so that we can try to 
float to the surface of the water. Then we see this tax collector. The tax collector also goes into the temple, uh, goes to the temple to pray. But the tax collector is standing far off. He, do, he doesn't feel like he can get too close. And when he, he calls out to God too, he says, God. And he also mentions what he's done and hasn't done. But he says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He recognizes that he is a sinner. And he calls out to God, begging for mercy. And this prayer that this tax collector gives, that he speaks, it could also be translated like this. God, make atonement for me, the sinner. God, make atonement for me, the sinner. He's at the temple. He's just seen the sacrifice. And he's saying, God, apply the atonement to me. He's recognizing that if he has any way of being accepted with God as righteous, as being one of his people, it has to be on what God has done. Not even, not on what he's done, and not even on the things that he has done that God has enabled him to do. And that's, that's one of the differences between, that we see between the Pharisee and the tax collector because the Pharisee, he's trying. God has probably given him a certain amount of grace to be outwardly respectable. But in his heart, he still has sin. And so the tax collector comes before God saying, God, make atonement for me, the sinner. He needs God to rescue him. He's looking to God for that, that only God can provide. And Jesus finishes, finishes telling this parable by giving commentary on the result. He says, I tell you, this man, meaning the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus, in doing this, has flipped the people's expectations. When he gets to this point in the story, he says, it's the tax collector that goes home justified, goes home righteous. People will be thinking, how? He's the tax collector. But it's because he asked for mercy from God. He looked to God for grace. And it was the Pharisee being confident in himself. He goes home still estranged from God because he has not recognized his own sin in his heart. If you think about how um, what the Pharisee says in his prayer, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, or adulterers. So here he says extortioner. So he's trying to, um, he's worried about being greedy. In his prayer, which would have been vocal, because prayer was vocal, it's in public, he's in front of people, he's making a case before God and others, I'm not like this. But the Pharisee, 
and saying, I'm not greedy, I'm not an extortioner. He's trying to grab glory from God and, say, and saying, I'm not unjust. He's not realizing how he is judging his fellow human unjustly and saying, I'm not an adulterer. In looking to himself, he's basically put himself as his own idol, thereby committing spiritual adultery and placing his confidence in himself. He is who he says that he's not. He just doesn't realize it. And because he has not realized it, he has not received that grace, that mercy, having the atonement applied to him, he is the one who goes home still estranged from God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Those who attempt to come before God on their own merit will be humbled. If we continue through life and make it to the return of Christ or to your death, and you have not turned to Christ looking upon him to apply his atonement for you, to give his grace, to give his mercy to you, you will be humbled. Your sin will be revealed. It will be out in the open. Our hearts will be revealed. And everything that we've been banking on, that we put our confidence in, will be revealed to be worthless, to be revealed as filthy rags. But the one who, but the one who comes looking for mercy, he will be lifted up because God gives grace to the humble. He gives mercy to the humble. For us, this parable serves as both a warning and an encouragement. It, ser it serves as a warning to people, to all people, but especially to religious and spiritual people. If you think that you are bringing anything to God that is of merit, that is of value, we are in danger. If you think that you're bringing something that will cause God to accept you, Forsake that. It's worthless. We need to realize and to recognize the brokenness in all of our hearts. We have dishonored God and broken relationship with him. And if you don't recognize this, you are deceiving yourself. You're an active deception of yourself. For all that we do will not earn merit with God. It's worthless. But this parable also functions as an encouragement for all, of the, for all of you who feel your sin, who recognize your sin, recognize that your heart is not as it should be. This parable gives good news to you. Jesus says that humbling yourself, you will be exalted. Being, and being exalted will be based on his work, upon his atonement upon his grace that he gives you, regardless of what you've done or not done. It will be based upon God having mercy upon you. It will be based upon Jesus facing the wrath of God and separation from his Father for you. It will be based upon the justice of God, where Christ has died in your place so that you can be reconciled and so that your relationship with God is restored. And trusting in Christ, you are identified 
with Christ, covered in his righteousness. So I call on you now to forsake any confidence that you may have in yourself. Put your confidence in Christ. Emit the poverty of your virtue and the shame of dishonoring the one who is holy and glorious. Humble yourself, cast yourself upon him, beg for mercy. And God will provide a place for you in his family, clothing you with royal robes and granting you authority in his kingdom, and he will raise you up. And Jesus is coming again to renew all things, to make all things new. And he will gather his people together to dwell with him. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you provide grace for sinners, that you provide mercy for those who don't deserve it, that you lift up the humble. Father, now we ask that you will apply your word to our heart, that you will give us a greater understanding of our own sin, of the condition of our hearts, and that you will help us to turn to you, forsaking all confidence in ourselves. Father, you are good in how you have provided for us in Christ. We thank you for your kindness to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.